And everybody says, amen, right? Hey, we're going to take a look at something that's just been uh, on my heart, actually, for the last like three or four weeks. I want to talk today out of the Word of God about what really haunts us and what day better than on this harvest day, right, which we believe in Jesus Christ, we believe in his love, and we also believe that God can set us free. Do you believe that? Sweet. Um, Just a couple of things I wanted to mention before we get into Psalm 55. So if you have your Bibles, Psalm 55 will be there in just a second. Last week, if you weren't able to be here or watch online, uh, we just talked about kind of where we are. I'm just talking now to um, those that call MVCC your home. This is your spiritual home. This is your family. Um, If you're guests with us today, we don't always talk about this, but it's important Uh, on my heart to let you kind of know where we're at as a body. So financially, I just kind of gave a state of the church kind of address for a few moments, but I just wanted to let you know that um, on the backside of your message notes, we are switching over from a uh, tool that we use that you can give online. And so even if you were giving online before, would you mind just QR coding this? It'll give you the directions on how to give to the new company, which is called Subsplash. It's gonna save our church about six grand a year. And we wanna save everything we can so we can use that for ministry money. So um, just wanna, and thank you so much for your faithfulness, your giving. I know it's not, it's not, to, it's not so much about giving to the church is that we're giving to God, but of course the local church is how God works right? Um, I also wanted to say thank you for being here. Thank you that physically you got up in the morning. We're going to give God our best. We're going we're gonna to sing to God. We're going to get his word, and we're going to live for him today. Whatever you want, God, today, I'm ready to go. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Last week, we had a prayer night. Um, we do prayer and worship once a month, a big prayer night, a big prayer push, because I really believe in the power of prayer. The church is a place where we want to receive God's power, and God made it really clear in the Bible that power comes through prayer. So I got a call a couple days ago. just want to give you a little report. Uh, A friend of mine, uh, his wife has been struggling for about over 20 years with just excessive alcohol. Just, it's, it's definitely an addiction for her. And he has talked to her. He has uh, uh, wanted her so much to stop. And it just it was creating a lot of issues. Um, and so he called me and said, Pastor Mike, I just have to tell you, I'm halfway across the country. I'm on a business trip, but I have to tell you what happened. And anytime someone says, you know what, I got to tell you something that happened. I'm like, what, what, what did God do? So he said, um, you're not going to believe this, but after Tuesday prayer, my wife came to me. She came to me. I didn't say anything. She came to me and said, I got to stop. This is ruining my life. It's ruining. It's wrecking our marriage. And so I'm going to AA. She went to her first AA meeting last week. And I just want to report that to you for this reason. I believe God works even when we feel like we can't. And he works through prayer. He does the impossible And sometimes he does the big stuff, and sometimes he does just the little stuff. But I want to encourage you, prayer power is essential for living. Prayers are awesome. We believe in a God who can do the impossible. And so I want to encourage you, keep praying, keep living for Jesus Christ. Um, To those that maybe now are just kind of guests with us, maybe you've been here for a few weeks I just, I'm so glad that you're here. I genuinely, our entire pastoral team, we are just so glad that you're with us. And I wanted to let you know that um, we genuinely really want you to become part of our family. And so we have a special thing. It's actually next Sunday. It's lunch right after the second 11 a.m. service. 
um, and it's called Starting Point. It's just, we have lunch. I just kind of share the vision, where are we going, what is God doing here, and how can you be a part of it? And it gives opportunity to maybe ask some questions about, you know, what we believe and what's going on here and all that good stuff. So we just want to invite you. You can sign up on the app. You can also get on the website and find out about Starting Point. Really want you to join in with us and just, man, let's just, let's do this thing together, right? What is haunting your heart. Two years ago, I remember the very Sunday, a couple of our pastors were up in the landing area. That's our student ministries building right behind this building. And we had to put out a quick video because there was a mandate that we couldn't meet or gather. Do you remember? Two years ago, indoors, anywhere. So walking through all that, Really, at that, I remember that very day, I didn't know what the future held, didn't know what to expect. But I have to tell you this, that in the midst of there was a lot of confusion, a lot of the stuff the media was thrown out, a lot of questions, unanswered questions. It was happening so fast. It was a global you know, thing that was happening. It wasn't just in an isolated area. I have to tell you this, that there was something inside of my spirit that was just crying out, there was this gnawing that over the past like 18 years, I've been asking God, God, send a renewal, send a spiritual awakening, not just to our nation, but locally here in South County. God, do something on display, God, that that shows your power, that you're real, that you're resurrected Jesus, that you can change life, that people... People can get saved. They can know where they're going when they die. That they have a passion for living again. That there's new life, God, that you breathe into us. To people in Mission Viejo, Saddleback Valley area. And God, do something with your church, meaning your people. Awaken us, God. Bring a revival. Bring a spiritual awakening where we are alive to the word of God. Where we just want to read the Bible. We want to get to a service. We want to love people out there. We want to give back. We want to serve. We want to do all these things things, Jesus, that you told us we were to do as disciples, followers of Christ. And can I say, that makes me happy because I love people. When I got saved, man, God changed my heart. I was a very selfish person. When I got saved, man, all of a sudden I saw people around me the way Jesus sees them. I saw pain, heartache. I saw all the distress and depression and just stuff that goes on behind the white picket fence here in Mission Viejo. I grew up here since I was 10 years old. So I saw the whole city differently. When the pandemic hit and all that, I, re- I was so like, God, you're, doing, you're up to something. You're up to something with this, God. Not that God caused it, but God, I believe you're going to do something out of this. We've been praying for our prayer partners years before I even became the pastor here have been praying for God to resurrect this South County area, be alive to Jesus Christ. The church is alive. It haunts my heart. I I, I just want to be very real and very open with you. The last two years... We have, this is across the nation. Less people are attending church services in person. Giving is down. Involvement in church is down. I thought when we were kind of moving out of this, God, remember 9-11? The week after 9-11, man, everybody came back to church. Remember that? And I remember as a youth pastor, we were not ready for the amount of people that were coming back. 
And I said in my heart, I said, God, we need to build an infrastructure in your church that we want to be ready, God. If you send another 500 people to MBCC who love God and just searching or have problems and issues and all these addictions and problems that we have, we believe, Jesus, you can heal and save. And so I believe, God, you are calling us to build an infrastructure here that we don't want to just baptize somebody put a Bible in their hand and say, hey, have a nice life. We want to help disciple you to become a follower of God. And that is a burning inside my heart. It haunts me that years ago, God gave me a vision. I was walking outside the patio area one day right by the baptistry. I saw in the spirit, I saw people lined up all the way around the grass areas in line waiting for hours to be baptized. People with towels in their hands, standing in there with shorts, ready, ready to give their life to Jesus Christ. I saw that. And it's almost like, God, I'm haunted by this. Why isn't this happening? Maybe it's something in the past that you just, there's this memory, there's this experience, there's something that happened to you. You're haunted. By this. You know that scripture that David wrote in Psalm where he said, My sin is ever before me. <laughs> I, it's the stuff that I did in the past, some of that stuff I still remember like it was yesterday, man. That was like 30 years ago. Some of that stuff, and God, why don't you just wipe it away from my memory? Is, is anyone here, you don't have to answer out loud, no, no hands raised. Is anyone with me right now? Good. Because God's word has some answers to this. There's some stuff that just came up in my spirit. I saw, I saw a blog about three and a half weeks ago from Elevation Church. And when I saw that, I, I, I started thinking, God, this is a message that I want to do on Halloween. Because, God, I believe you are greater than any holiday that has been so-called take, taken back from the enemy. That, God, you are greater. You can provide joy. You can do your power. And so today I want to talk about what is haunting your spirit. Turn in your Bibles over to Psalm 55. I just, I want to read because the writer is desperately authentic here. And can I say this? That the reason that a lot of people don't come to church, they don't come to a place like this, is because they think we have it all together. Or they think, what? You hypocrites, right? You say one thing, you do another. And, and, and there's some validity to that. Unfortunately, there's some that are doing that. And I would say this, we don't want to ignore that. We don't deny that. But I just felt it was... When we, were, when we were coming up with the vision statement that, God, what do you want us to have? Real love on mission. Be, just be real. The writer of Psalm 55 is desperately real. He is so authentic. He is so raw. And I know that sometimes scares some of us because we really don't want to dig down deep in the engine room of our hearts, right? Because sometimes there's some scary stuff. Expect to be scared. But I know one that's greater that it can conquer over any fear that we have. So let's read Psalm 55. I want to go 1 through 8, and then I want to jump down to verse 23. So 55, Psalm 55, we're going to start here in verse 1. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. God, where are you? You're not listening to me. Ever been there? Hear me? It's early in the morning. We should just all stand up, maybe do some calisthenics, shouldn't we? I just feel like you're all so sleepy this morning. 
Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death, they have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I say, oh, that I had wings. I would be like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. He just goes on and on like that through the entire chapter. I'd want to jump down to verse 23 for the sake of time. Here's how he ends this section. But you, God, will bring down the wicked into the pit of decay. The bloodthirsty and deceitful will not live out half of their days. But as for me, here it is, I will trust in you. How does he get from verses one? Here's the question. How does he get verses one to eight down to verse 23? How does he do that? Does he just, eh, well, have a good life. Things will get better. Your best days are ahead of you. What's the formula? What did he do? Did he read the latest book that's out at, sorry, we don't have bookstores anymore, but the latest book on Amazon? What did he do? This guy is struggling. Would you agree? Anguish has beset my heart. The wicked is after me. My enemies chase me. This guy is in a raw authentic, real place. Is it okay to tell God how you feel? Amen, brother. Because I think maybe for some who've grown up in some religious institution that you always have to bring your very best. You certainly can't bring your weakness. You can't bring your failures. You can't bring your heart to God. You gotta make sure that everything is in place. God, what are you doing? You're not listening to me. I don't see you. I don't feel you. My heart is in anguish. Horror, the the words that he used, horror has overwhelmed me, my life. Who is this guy? Well, if you read up, right up in front of verse one, it says, for the director of music with stringed instruments, a masculine of who? David. The same guy that wrote the 23rd Psalm, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, right? The same guy is now saying, God, where are you? If I could just be a dove, I could fly away and forget all this stuff. If I could just check out. This is the same guy. It's almost like he's got spiritual. He can't figure out. He can't make up his mind. Can I just say to you, let's, can we just be real? I wish we were just kind of all in my living room and we're just talking, right? Can we just talk? There are some moments spiritually as a follower of Christ, I am in the pit of despair. That's my heart sometimes feels that way. And there's sometimes, man, on the mountaintop with Jesus. I always had this picture when I get to heaven. This lush green meadow just goes on for miles and the most beautiful sunset. And there's one tree that's just perfectly formed. And I'm walking into heaven. I'm walking through this meadow. And I see Jesus just casually sitting on the ground under this tree And I get to just sit up next to him and put my arm around him. There are moments that I I have that vision. I'm in worship. I'm thinking about that moment one day. I'm thinking about hugging my dad and my mom again. All those wonderful things. And why is it the very next day I can be in the pit feeling like I suck? Life is horrible. This is awful. I'll never get out of this. God, what are you doing? Right? I guess there's, there's two of us. 
The same guy that wrote, I will fear no evil. There are three things out of this text that I see. David called his attention to the problem. He didn't avoid it. Oh, no. Oh, no. We don't struggle with that. We're Christian. I've been in church all my life. I've been baptized six times. I've got Sunday school plaques all over my wall. I've, I memorize verses. I know these things. He addressed the problem. We never get to the level I believe God wants us to go unless we're willing to address the problem. That's just a spiritual principle. That's what David does. Let's just be real. It's so easy to remember. Real love on mission. That's what Jesus was. Jesus was incredibly real. When he was in the streets of Jerusalem, he was with the people. He didn't wait up in the high tower and say, everybody come to me up in this high tower. Walk 152 steps. I know you'll get here someday. He's down in the streets with people. He's just real with them. It was so attractive. People followed Jesus by the thousands. David addressed and called attention to the problem. He was extremely and authentically real. Second is David acknowledged the hurt. Oh, no, we don't hurt because Christians aren't supposed to hurt because we have the power of Jesus. Come on. They didn't say hi to me. They didn't text me back. They didn't call me back. They didn't email back. They just walked right past me. And we get hurt. We can go a little deeper than that when someone's wronged you and they're coming after you. Anybody have a family member, friend, who came after you? The wicked's coming after me, David said. He's just, do you catch the flavor here, the authenticity? David acknowledged the hurt. God, I am so hurting over this. I just want to cry. I know maybe this is scary for some of us, but I believe in these moments, not, these aren't the only moments, but sometimes these are the moments that God becomes so real to us. When your child, those of you that are parents or grandparents, when your child or your grandchild comes to you and says, I have this problem, I can't get over it, and they are just in tears about something, what do you, you don't turn your back on them and say, well, make it right and then come back to me. You console them, you love them, you comfort them, you bring them close, you listen to their heart, and you offer counsel to them, right? It's the same thing that God does here with David. David, number three is, put his trust in the Lord, not in how we're going to fix this. What are we going to do? What's the formula? He put his trust solely in the Lord. God, however you're going to do this, I'm going to trust in you. That was David's heart. What makes a heart haunted And here's just the premise of all this. If you're finding yourself sometimes just over and over again, the images and the circumstance, and it just plays over again like a bad movie, is that it's hidden. It's hidden. That's why. That's why sometimes I can't get over the crud that I did in my past life before Jesus and even some of the stuff that I've done after I accepted Jesus did stuff that I feel really bad about. Sometimes I feel really guilty about things that I've done. It's because I've hidden it, wishing that I could just fly away like David said. It doesn't work like that. My, my, my brother-in-law does every year. Every, my my brother-in-law is one of the most creative people in the world. I love this guy. And he makes this haunted house, this huge haunted house on, on the end of his street. He uses, he uses his parents, my, my in-laws home. And he does this intricate, detailed, like haunted house with these mazes. And kids come through and it, they give him candy. I mean, it's, it's just fun, but he's just so talented with it. And he's got people, his friends, that sign up to like be the, the scary 
people around the corners of when people are walking through. If at the beginning of when they came into that haunted house and he said, now look, around quarter number two, this guy is going to be jumping out at you, right? If he said that, you would know and you wouldn't be scared. I think sometimes we're haunted by stuff because, oh, no, it didn't really happen. Oh, it'll just go away. Oh, I'm not really dealing with it. We can get so busy in work. We can get so busy in life. That is one of the ways that we deal with it and wishing it goes away. I'll just keep myself busy, busy, busy because I don't want to deal with all this stuff, right? So let's talk about guilt. This will get better, I promise. Just, just, just appease me here for a little bit. Let's talk about guilt. Let's talk about parents. When I have been there, I wished I would have done it this way. Why did I do that? Why did I say that out of emotion? Why did I speak to my son this way when, God, you, you, you expect so much better of me? Why did we allow this stuff to happen in our home? We could, we could go on and on with this. Parents, that's, that's the number one thing. Just stuff that, man, I can't believe some. Maybe you're here today thinking, dude, when I was in college, yikes. What the heck was I thinking? And we live with guilt. It plays over and over. But Jesus, I thought you said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone was in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So isn't that stuff all gone? Well, it is gone. We're forgiven of it. But we can't wipe the memory sometimes of it. So let's talk about anyone here struggle with hopelessness? Just feeling sometimes hopeless. The doctor said it's terminal. Your grandparents are aging and you don't like it. The business was supposed to be here by the end of the year. But why is it down here? I'm feeling hopeless. And when we got married, it was fun. The first two years, it was awesome and fun. We were playing and doing all this vacationing. And why isn't it fun anymore? Where's the fun? I'm feeling hopeless. And I really want to get honest. Do we really pop open the hood of the car? God, I am feeling hopeless even with you. <gasps> You can't say things like that. We're in church. Really? That was David. Where are you, God? What are you doing? How about this one? Offense. I know he wasn't there for you. I know. And it hurts. And you're left with picking up all the pieces and picking up all the mess and trying to figure out raising these kids. And he just left on his little party. I know she doesn't appreciate you and respect you. I know it and offends you, does it? I know the offense that just goes on, it just goes on and on. Man, we are friends for, for since childhood years. I've heard stories like this. And all of a sudden, just bam, something happened. And we just can't seem to get back. Offense, we get offended. We start building up walls. We start building up uh, 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 sanctuaries unto ourselves. How about this one? Sorrow. Just sad. I can't seem to get over the loss of. How about the last one? Threat. You ever have anybody threaten you without even saying anything? There's fear that they invoke over your life by the way that they respond or don't respond. And you don't know who you're coming home to. You don't know where you're walking into work to who. Because there's a threat. 
You know what's amazing to me? Is in 2 Samuel, there was a guy named Elijah, or 1 Kings, I'm sorry, Elijah. Remember Elijah the prophet who went on Mount Carmel? He attacked all of these false gods. Just real quick, God told him, tell the people there's only one true God. He goes up way on the mountain and he challenges all these false gods, all these, these man-made gods that are all over the place and they worship, the people worship them. Elijah said, man, there is only one true God. And everybody fleed. In fact, God destroyed every single one of those false idols and the people that were unwilling to repent. And, and, and Elijah's like on the mountaintop, the spiritual mountaintop of glory with God. And he was this mouthpiece and he was this, 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 this vessel of God. He goes down the mountain. Then the next day there was a woman who threatened his, thousands of prophets. And there's one woman, Jezebel, who threatened his life. And he runs like he's never going to return fear of one person. He stood up to all those false gods. He stood up to the prophets of Baal. He stood up to all the people that were disobeying God and threatened to take his life. And yet he's running from one woman. So don't tell me that we don't deal with threats. We do. Amen? So, I know, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, it's a new creation. So how? Oh, I know what we do. We chase it away. I'll move to a different county. I'll move to a different state. We'll go to Idaho. We'll go to Texas. We'll go to Tennessee. Everybody's going out of state. I'll move. The problem is these jokers are following me. I know what I'll do. I'll get out of this marriage and get into another marriage. Right? I'll get into another marriage. I'll get into another relationship. Because obviously she's the problem. Or he's the problem. And these guys follow me. We take it into the next relationship. We just take it where? There's like in our back pocket. We can't. Where did it go? We can't chase it away. I know what? Change jobs. If I change my job, my scenery will change and my heart will change and life will be better. David says, where can I go, man? Here's the bottom line. I can't go anywhere. It's always before me. And I don't mean to sound pessimistic. I'm not, you know, this is not like you can't get rid of it. I'm just saying, I think some of us live here. Would you agree? Here's what God showed me. Expect it and expose it. Expect it. Don't deny it. I think what we do as Christians, we deny it. Don't deny it. Just let it be. It is what it is. Expect it, but I'm going to expose it. That's the word. What did, what, did, what did God give me today? Today, I'm walking in the stream for this entire week. I expect these things that they're there, but I'm going to expose it for what it is. I'm going to let Jesus heal it. Remember when the movie Jaws came out? Remember that in the 70s? Steven Spielberg, nobody would go swimming. No one would ever go in the ocean again. Everyone was freaking out. Lines everywhere. That's back in the day when they had lines, you know, going into the theaters. Um, I was like, I don't know. How old was I? I don't know. I was 15 years old. I remember like, Mom, I want to go see Jaws. No, you're not going. <laughs> so a couple years later, I went. So I love that movie. There's just something about the way he built this suspense. You don't even see the shark until three, three quarters into the movie. But I remember the very scene. And my wife and I will watch that movie. I just, I just like the way that the movie is made. We will watch, you know, Roy Scheider as he's throwing chum in the water. I know the exact time that that shark is going to come up. But my wife will be like, I'm like, dude, how many times have we seen this movie? And you're scared. You got that? That visual. I think that's what we do in our spiritual life with this stuff. We, where'd that come from? I'm offended again. I got these problems. How come it? <laughs> Expect it. It's something that's there. 
it happened, but now I'm going to expose you for what you are. I'm going to expose it for what it really is. And who has the greatest power? Right? I'm not going to allow myself to get defeated by this. Guilt, hopelessness, offense, sorrow, threat. Guilt, hopelessness, offense, sorrow, threat. Guilt, hopelessness, ghost. Anyone see that? That's just for free. I just want to throw that in because it's October 31st. Don't let the ghost follow you. Don't let them overwhelm you. Okay, I got it. I'm with you. But how do I do that? I used to think it was this. I had some friends around me that say, if you just pray it away, the blood of Jesus will make it go away. So in Jesus' name, gone. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Maybe if I sprinkle some, some oil on it, right? And I'm, I'm not discounting because the scripture is there's, there's appropriate times for that. I'm just saying this. I think sometimes we transfer over the superficial stuff. We make up our own potions and incantations, and we just want God to just wish it away. And it doesn't work like that. Some things God can, he can wipe. I don't want to minimize what God can do. He can wipe things from our memory. He can take all that away. But sometimes, for some reason, maybe it's because I just feel like right now there's this anointed moment for somebody here in this room that God is going to bring somebody into your life that you're dealing with this stuff and they're dealing with that stuff, but they don't have Jesus and you do. You can help them. Being a disciple who makes disciples is we are followers of Christ in the world. It's easy to be a Christian here. We all love Jesus. We're all singing songs. We're all in our Sunday best. We're all sitting in the nice chairs. It's all a renewed worship center. It's easy to be a Christian. How you doing, brother? Good to see you, Brian. So good to see you, Sean. Woo! Isn't it great to be saved? Yeah, it's easy. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. This is, our, this is part of a, a huddle time. The real question is, am I going to live it out there? And instead of running away from what's haunting you, maybe it's good that I expect it and I can expose it for what it is, see? Because God is going to bring somebody in your life that's in that same situation that David is in. I'm in despair. The wicked are chasing me. God, where are you? And you'll be able to help them. So what do we do? Two things. That's what David faced the enemy. And he fought the enemy. Face it and fight it, man. I just wish we had some men in here. Just man up for Jesus Christ. Just, just, I'm going to, I'm, well, I don't, just come on, man. Jesus can do it. I'm going to fight it and face it. I'm not going to allow the enemy to grab hold of it. Turn in your Bibles over to Ephesians 6, just real quick. We just got a couple of minutes left. And then I know you got candy and all these things here coming tonight for all the stuff that's going on in neighborhoods. Finally, be strong. He says, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. So spiritually, what does that mean? I'm going to take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the belt of truth, the shoes fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. I'm going to visually put those things on so that the enemy, when he throws it, I know what you're doing. I know who you are. You're a liar and you're the father of lies. Jesus called it out. So there's no more, ha! Ah! There's no more Jaws movie, ha! Ah! You know when the shark is coming. You know he's there. So we're going to expose it, right? And we're going to expect it. Not afraid of you anymore. 
I see the opportunity for grace. And this is the good part of the gospel. There's, there's bad news to the gospels. Remember, the bad news is we're all sinners. We've, we've all done something wrong. But the good news is, is that God loves us through all of it. He saves us. He died on that cross. Jesus looked at the enemy and he didn't fight with weapons that we see. He fought with spiritual weapons and it was complete submission to God, the Father. I don't have to get ramped up and weird and excited and stress out and get all anxiety stricken about this. I simply do what David did. I expect it and I'm going to expose it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. So, what do we do? When it comes up, oh yeah, I know who you are. But I know who he is. See? I'm expecting it, but I'm going to expose it. Here's what I'm learning to do. I'll tag a scripture onto it. So when I get offended about some, something or someone offends me, I, have, I already have the scripture ready to go. So you devil, you think you can do that? This is what it says in James 1.12. So I, I got to have the arsenal, and the arsenal is the word of God. I also got to have some brothers with me who are really with me, who aren't, oh, can't believe you would do that. Can't believe you would thought, thought that. Can't believe you would do that. Pastors don't do that. I mean, we are a band of brothers together, and I'm with you. Because you know what? I've struggled with that very same thing. Come on, man. Let's walk this road together. I got your back. I got your back so strong. I'm praying for you, man. You are, you are not the person that the devil thinks you are. So you got to have people like that. That's why we're so big. I prob- you're probably tired of me talking about life groups, small groups, life groups. You got to be. We have to be in relationship because we disciple one another. You cannot follow Jesus by yourself. You have to have a band of brothers, a band of sisters. You have to have people who walk this road together. I know, realize, I realize some of you right now are dealing with some life scary stuff. And, and you cannot walk that road alone. You need the support of others. Well, I got hurt before. I was in that last church and I got hurt. I'm not going to do it again. I know it was hurtful. I know that it hurts. I know that it's hard to trust. I know because of those things that haunt us in the past. I know it's hard. Remember we talked last week about taking a risk in faith. As long as we're standing on the word and the heart is true and the heart is right, God will honor that. So I, I want, I think it's just two things I want you to, to walk away with here today is don't be surprised when these things happen. You expose it and I know that we're going to expect this thing to happen. And therefore, that's why we can tag the scripture to it. I can I know who's in control. I know who holds the future. It's Jesus Christ. That is not holding my future, but I know who Jesus is. So, Father, I thank you for helping us, just reminding us. God, sometimes we just need reminders. And I thank you for walking through, God, with us today. David, who was so brutally honest. He was so real. He was so authentic. There wasn't any church games, no playing, no... It was just, God, this is how I am. This is how it is. But at the end of the day, that verse 23 keeps ringing in my heart. I will trust in you. Trust in you, God. 
Even when I don't understand, I trust you. That, that's our prayer today, God. Maybe for some of us, God, in this prayer, you know every heart, I don't. But maybe there's just someone here that just needs to say, you know what, I need to trust Jesus coming into my life for the first time. I just, I just, I want to have Christ in my life. I want to go to heaven. I want to have the peace. I don't want to take pills anymore. I don't want to take stuff so I can sleep. I want the peace of God. And so if there's anyone here today that just haunted by stuff that you feel like is chasing you, you can be free by giving your life to Jesus Christ. Jesus, we come and ask for forgiveness for all the stuff that we've done wrong. God, forgive us, some of us who are believers here today that we've allowed some of this stuff to overrun us. And we call it out for what it is, Jesus. Thank you for reminding us out of the word. Expose it and I expect it. So Lord, please help. Please help us. And for anyone here today, God, that just, yeah, you know what, Mike, I think I need to open my heart up and let God in. Lord, we just, we do that. Come into my life, God, as I, on my knees, God, giving it all to you. I ask God that you would come in. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here and we'll see you next time.